When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And a very pleasant good morning, everybody. As always, good to be back with you. This is the Marlins Rewind. And last night at Tropicana Field over in St. Petersburg, the Marlins and the Rays were wrapping up a mini and brief two-game series. It was a bullpen game of sorts for Miami. They sent Cody Pote to the mound. He went opposite of the hard-throwing right-hander Drew Rasmussen to the Tampa Bay Rays. And it turned out to be another one-run game for Miami. Well... The Marlins come up short in what felt like a pivotal game on this eight-game road trip for the Marlins against the Tampa Bay Rays. 21-run games this season. Miami now 6-14 in those contests. And there's no other way to put it, folks. It's starting to get away from them. Miami now 18-24 after suffering this 5-4 setback against the Rays in Game 2 of this abbreviated two-game series here at Tropicana Field over here in St. Petersburg, Florida tonight. Highlights from this ball game this evening. Well, first news and notes from earlier this afternoon. Miami lost Anthony Bender before the game. He's got lower back stiffness. He was placed on the 15-day injured list that was retroactive to May 22nd. In Bender's absence, Miami opts to put another bat on their bench. Without Jazz Chisholm tonight, who's not on the shelf, but he was simply unavailable, Miami selected the contract of big leaguer Williams Astudillo, who had seen parts of three big league seasons with the Minnesota Twins. So that was the situation coming into this ballgame tonight. Not to mention, in the last 18 meetings between these two games, these two teams, rather, the Miami Marlins were 2-16 in those contests coming into tonight's ballgame. It was a bullpen game of sorts for Miami. They sent Cody Poteet to the mound to make his second start of the season. His first was a dandy on May 17th, four and two-thirds shutout innings versus the Washington Nationals. Drew Rasmussen took the ball for the Tampa Bay Rays tonight. This season, he has just got a sparkling 233 ERA, four wins and a loss and eight starts, and he was helped out early. He tossed a clean 1-2-3 top of the first, and it was all but clean for Cody Poteet in the bottom half of the first inning. It started with a leadoff walk to Kevin Kiermeyer, and then Wander Franco drew first blood. Pitch to Franco is walloped in the air. Left field down the line. Soler in pursuit. It's down for an extra base hit. Soler nearly overran the baseball. He just walloped up against the wall in foul territory. Scoring all the way from first base is Kevin Kiermeyer. It's a double and an RBI for Wander Franco. It's 1-0 Tampa Bay here in the first. And after a walk to Yandy Diaz and a strikeout of Choi, Randy Arosarena added on. They were the American League champions in 2020. Here's a swing at the ground ball over the bag at third. It's going to roll all the way down the left field line and into the corner. Scoring from second is Franco. Behind him is Yandy Diaz. There will be no throw. It's 3-0 Tampa Bay. And it's a two-run double for Randy Arosarena. And to cap off the scoring in the bottom of the first inning, the next man up was the former Marlin, Harold Ramirez. He homered off of Pablo Lopez last night, and he blasts one deep to left field. Harold Ramirez has given the Rays a 
nothing lead here at the bottom of the first inning. It's a two-run home run. It's his second of the season, and this is a disaster here in Tampa Bay tonight. A five-run, three-hit, no error, nobody left on. Bottom half of the first inning for the Tampa Bay Rays. And unfortunately, come to find out, that was good enough for the Rays here tonight. But they jumped out to a fast start, a 5 nothing lead. Drew Rasmussen worked around a couple of walks in a scoreless second. Cody Poteet started to settle down. He allowed a two-out double in the second that he worked around. After the five runs in the first inning, this Miami bullpen was sensational tonight, but we'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, Miami went quietly in the top of the third. Uh, Cody Poteet worked around a leadoff walk in the bottom of the third inning. That took us into the fourth inning tonight in a 5 nothing ball game. And Miami started to scratch away in the fourth. The leadoff man in the fourth was Jorge Soler. Pitch to Soler. Swung on. Hammered. Center field. Kiermaier's back onto the warning track. Looking up. Goodbye home run, Jorge Soler. Number nine on the season for Soler. Miami's going to start to try and chip away here in the fourth. It's 5-1. to one. And that they would do. Avi Garcia followed with a single. Brian Anderson followed with a single. The next man up was Jacob Stallings. 2-2 two -two pitches hit on a line down the left field line. Extra bases for Jacob Stallings. Scoring easily is Garcia. Padrique is going to send Anderson. There won't be a throw to the plate. 5-3 to three, Tampa Bay. Jacob Stallings. A bases clearing, two-run double here in the top of the fourth. Unfortunately, Stallings at second base with nobody out in the inning. He would advance the third on a ground ball off the bat of Jesus Sanchez, but then Miguel Rojas struck out, and Eric Gonzalez bounced out to shortstop to end that threat in the top of the fourth inning. But after three and a half, it was five to three. Cody Poteet worked three innings tonight. Tommy Nance came on and worked a relatively clean fourth. He did allow a hit. Uh, Drew Rasmussen went back out for the fifth. The fifth inning was his last inning tonight. He worked around a leadoff single in the fifth. He got a 5-4-3 double play ball to end that fifth inning. Rasmussen, five innings, six hits, three runs, all earned, two walks, and seven Ks. For Poti tonight, three innings, four hits, five runs, all earned, three walks, and one strikeout. Eliezer Hernandez worked a perfect fifth inning for Miami. Cole Solser worked a perfect sixth. Stephen Okert struck one out, and he walked, uh, and he allowed a hit in the seventh. And Dylan Floro worked a relatively uneventful top of the uh, bottom of the eighth inning. Rather, he did walk the leadoff man, G-Man Choi, who was pinch ran for by Taylor Walls. Uh, but let's see here. Then uh, Dylan Floro got himself a five-four-three double play to get himself out of that. Uh, well, to get the first two outs, and then he got. Uh, Harold Ramirez to bounce out to second base in the eighth inning. Uh, so a, a sensational job of the Marlins' bullpen tonight. It was 5-3 headed to the top of the ninth inning. Matt Whistler uh, along with, let me just triple-check this for you, Adam Whistler and Fire Eisen followed Rasmussen in this ballgame tonight. They worked the sixth, seventh, and eighth innings. Uh, those three combined to allow just one hit and strike out four and three innings of work in the sixth, seventh, and eighth innings following Drew Rasmussen. So top of the ninth inning tonight. Colin Poche, the left-hander, came on for the Tampa Bay Rays. He allowed a leadoff infield single to Brian Anderson. Then Jacob Stallings popped out in foul territory for the first out of the inning. Brian De La Cruz then pinch hit for Jesus Sanchez. He reached on a two-base error by Taylor Walls, who was fresh into the game at third base. 
and there were runners on second and third with just one out in the top of the ninth inning, and Miguel Rojas was the batter. Ground ball left side. Franco has it, throws to first. Did he pull him off the bag? Yes! Anderson scores from third. That's going to be another error by this left side of the Rays infield. And Miguel Rojas is safe at first. A run scores from third. Now it's 5-4. He never touched him. No, first he never third touched with him. one out. So with runners at first and third base with one out in the top of the ninth inning, the tying man just 90 feet away. Williams Ostadio came to bat. He pinch hit for Eric Gonzalez in the seventh. His first at bat as a Miami Marlin, he grounds it out to third. In the ninth, he flew out to right field for out number two. Garrett Cooper followed in the ninth. He drew a walk facing Poche. The Marlins had the bases loaded in the top of the ninth inning with two outs, and Jesus Aguilar was the last man to bat. Do they go something soft to Aguilar? He is a professional hitter. Poche is set. We'll do it again. Here's the 0-2 offering. Swung on and missed. Strike three. The ball game is over, and the Rays beat the Marlins by a final score of 5-4 here at Tropicana Field tonight. I'm not too sure how many different ways you try to sum that up other than uh, it was certainly a bit of a heartbreaker for the Marlins here this evening. Uh, for Miami, four runs, eight hits, no errors. They leave seven men on base. For the Rays, five runs, all coming in the first inning. Six hits, two errors. They leave four men on base. We started this ball game at 640, ended at 945. Total game time of three hours and five minutes in front of 7,520 at Tropicana Field this evening. Drew Rasmussen beats Cody Poteet. Colin Poche collects his first save of the season, his third ever career save. All three coming with the Tampa Bay Rays. Well, another heartbreaker for the Marlins in St. Pete last night. Miami now falls to 18-24, and 24, while the Rays improved to 26 and 17. Before we hear from Don Mattingly and Cody Poteet after last night's ball game, let's step aside for a quick commercial break. Back with you on the Marlins Rewind this morning. Let's hear from Don Mattingly after his ball club's 14th one-run loss of the season last night. Johnny, after giving up five runs in the first inning, able to hold the race to that, then able to get the bats going a little bit, even there in the ninth, making things happen, uh, end up with a loss. How would you sum up this one? Uh, well, obviously, uh, Teeter wasn't wasn't sharp in the first. Kind of got his got his his thing going on, and you know, give us a couple more innings. Uh, obviously, the bullpen did a really nice job of keeping us in the game. Um, I thought the guys kept going. Uh, that, that was one of the good things I liked about that game. It's one of those games that can get away from you. Um, battled back and got in the game and, and give us some chances. In the eighth inning there with uh, the Solaire home run foul ball call, can you just kind of walk us through what the confusion was and the explanation was there? The confusion for us was that the guy called it fair and then they changed it on the field to foul. And and I, I don't know, did it end up a confirmed, a stands? What did it end up? Stands. stands. Yeah, see, that that's the problem for me is because if they leave the call alone, let them challenge the the call and I just watched it on replay. I can't, by watching that, I can't tell if it's fair or foul. And maybe it's foul, maybe it's, maybe it's fair. But I guess the problem is that one guy calls it fair, they overturn it. And now the replay has to overturn that. And Kevin could have challenged it, the home run call, just like I did uh, with the fair. And they could have changed that. 
right, if they thought it was it was foul. So I, I think the biggest problem is the guy closest to it. Probably, I'd say him and the home plate guy have the best view of it. Um, you know, that's where the call for me comes from, and then let replay deal with it. The fact that they change it on the field, and Dan, I know he means well, but he tells me he's, he sees it clearly from third, from first base, and I, I'm like a little confused with that because I can watch it on replay, and it's not that clear. Right, if that ball goes over or not. So, for me, he's out of the equation. The guy at home and, and third, if they, you know, it's different. But for me, the guy calls it fair. And at the end of the day, it, you know, that's what it is. Uh, Eliezer being used out of the bullpen in the fifth, uh, rationale behind that, and what does that do for the rotation moving forward? Doesn't do anything to it moving forward. It's Eliezer had it, it was in eight day uh, between starts. We felt like it was it's almost like his bullpen. Uh, he gets to see hitters and not have to sit eight days and throw a bullpen and not go out there. So uh, he did a nice job for us, but he's yeah, he's right in his rotation where he fits. So he'd still, I guess, start Sunday, I think, was the probable. Yes. Uh, in Atlanta. Yeah. With Coat, obviously, just going back to rotation, I guess there's going to be no off days coming up. Uh, have you guys kind of come up with a plan of what you might do with that fifth spot. You know, it's going to be getting closer. That, uh, yeah, we, we've been talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, just, just you know, obviously you mentioned just Cody. The first anybody was able to bounce back, is, you know, is there, you know, what he showed today, maybe the start before, that he could be that fifth guy? Or? We like what Cody's doing, period. Um, you know, he had a rough first inning, but he's thrown the ball really well this year. He's through threw the ball well when he started. Uh, he's thrown the ball well in long relief. He's given us short stints and was thrown, has thrown the ball well. So we've used him in a variety of roles. He's been really good in all of them. Um, so, you know, again, something that we're talking about, what do we do with that? What's the best thing for our team as a whole? How we, where we fit him? Is he a start, to try to fit him in? Or is he more valuable out of the bullpen? Uh, Jacob Stallings, what have you seen from him at the plate over the last like 10, 12 days? Seems like he's getting that, getting into that groove. I'd say a lot more than 10 or 12 yep. days. I felt like he was hitting the ball hard uh, a couple home stains ago. Uh, didn't have a lot of luck, but was his at-bats, you could see they were good. A lot of solid contact, hitting the ball where it was supposed to be hit, um, and now he's getting them to fall. So um, n- not a lot of difference in the last, probably, I'd say the last, three weeks to a month. He's been swinging the bat really well. In the second inning, you guys were starting to get something going, and then uh, Sanchez gets caught up there at second base. That type of situation, even with a late stop sign, that if he's got his head up and he's kind of anticipating something happening there, it keeps him out of that spot. For sure. You can't go anywhere without the guy in front of you. I think he got caught. I talked to KJ. He looked at it. Sounds like he got caught watching the play instead of just following where you follow your principles. You can't go anywhere with the guy in front of you not calling. So... Yeah, it's another learning, teaching moment for us. Astadio at second looked pretty good out there. Yeah, he caught it. I thought the turn was good on the, on the double play ball. Andy made a nice play, and he turned it over really well. So, yeah, he was it was good. Um, you know, we noticed that Anthony Bass was warming when the game was getting close. Do you plan on using him as the closer going forward, or is that still undecided? No, it was, I don't think we've 
ever said we have a closer at this point. We're kind of matched up through the whole game. We've used Sulcer at the very end of the game. Today you see him in uh, his pocket. Uh, we felt like that pocket right there coming up was going to be his, a good spot for Anthony. So we've tried to just continue to match our guys up out of the bullpen and, and give them the best chance to get outs according to their stuff. And it's, it's been okay. Uh, I think the bullpen's thrown the ball pretty well for us. So um, uh, there's no real, I don't think we have a real guy that we say we're going to hold the ball. He doesn't pitch unless there's, you know, a save on the line. The guys on the other side of the stadium, they've kind of trademarked, well, not trademarked it, but they very much have done that, I guess, formula and with success over the last few years. Yeah, and they're a, they're a team, I'd say they're very good at it. And, you know, I always, they seem to always come up with power, power arms and different spots. Cash does a great job of mixing and matching. You know, I, I look at those pennants up there and they say American League champion in the last two years, uh, or American League East champion in the last two years. And I know a couple years ago they are in the World Series. So, um, yeah, they've, they've been pretty good at it. Don Mattingly after the Marlins' loss to the Rays last night. Before we wrap things up, we'll hear from Cody Poteet, who struggled allowing five runs in the first inning and put the Marlins behind the eight ball last night. Uh, Cody, that first inning for the five runs, uh, what do you think uh, were your struggles there and what you see from Rays hitters? Um, just not getting any good counts to start off. I mean, a couple walks and um, a couple pitches gave up some damage on. So, um, yeah, definitely not with the start I wanted and didn't really give the team the, the chance to win um, what you're supposed to do as a starting pitcher so yeah I'll, not a very good inning for sure and next couple innings though you settled in uh, what adjustments did you make well, I'm just trying to attack get back into that mentality of getting good counts and um, try to give the put up some zeros as long as I was in there so just just focusing on getting to the next pitch sometimes it's tough when you have a rough inning like that but the easiest way to get back on track is just focusing on the next pitch for me. So you mentioned as a starting pitcher, do you see these as opportunities, almost like additions to stay in that role? Or? I don't really think about it that way, so I'm just trying to pitch whatever they want to um, have me pitch in whatever situation. Um, that's uh, kind of above my pay grade, I guess, just trying to uh, go out there and put up zeros whenever my name's called. Obviously, like you said, not the start that you wanted, but um, how about the job from the guys behind you to come in and keep that game at five? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, phenomenal job out of the bullpen. I mean, a lot of those guys have been doing great all year, so it's really good and um, cool to see our team bounce back, too, in that inning and almost kind of gives it at the end there. But, um, yeah, I wish I would have given us a better chance. Cody Poteet after the Marlins' loss to the Rays last night. The Marlins are in Atlanta today. They'll enjoy a day off before taking on the Atlanta Braves tomorrow night at 7.20 from Truist Park. It'll be a 7.20 first pitch. Trevor Rogers goes opposite of Ian Anderson. We'll be on the air at 6.50 with Marlins on deck. And as always, we hope you find some time to join us on the Marlins Radio Network, driven by AutoNation.